Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today we're talking about the notion that Christ was crucified and Christ was not crucified. How can that be, you ask yourself? Either he was or he wasn't, right? Well, fact is that he can be both crucified and not crucified because there is more than one reality. There's the physical reality. That's the one we're all focused on right now. There are also a lot of non-physical realities, some of which we perceive and some we don't. Uh, given all that we've discussed, that makes sense, doesn't it? Okay, after all, most of us expect we will experience some kind of non-physical reality after we die that we don't perceive now. But there are other non-physical realities around us right now, as we know from previous episodes. So thoughts, for example, are real. Thoughts are real. We know that by now. They have their own reality independent of physical reality though they're often closely connected with it, of course. In fact, they're the starting point for us humans to bring something into a physical materialization that we want to bring in, right? All the great inventions started with uh, someone's non-physical thought. In the world of thought, Jesus Christ was crucified. That's because millions of people over the last 2,000 years have bought into the crucifixion drama and created a strong thought-based reality in which the, quote, Son of God came down to earth, took on physical form, and in order to make up for all the damage we caused through original sin and our subsequent bad acts, Christ then agreed to have himself crucified according to the plan laid out by him and his Father, God. Because he did this, the drama goes, we can enjoy eternal bliss in heaven, if we behave properly. Now, it's important uh, to realize this crucifixion drama has, <clears throat> has served some very positive functions. It's given millions of people over the years a framework, a framework for acting in a benevolent manner toward their uh, fellow human beings. It's also provided hope, you know, hope for them, hope that they would enjoy eternal bliss in heaven with their creator, all those who believed. It has inspired countless acts of charity and love, with millions of people following the positive commands of Christ to do wonderful things for their fellow humans and for animals, to move beyond just the selfish interests and, and act for the greater good of all. Well, now in light of all those positive acts, it's apparent the Christ drama in which Christ was crucified, which is a powerful thought-based reality, is far more significant and has had far more impact on us than what happened in the physical world 2,000 years ago. It's been a powerful force in stimulated, stimulating mankind to stay in touch, close touch with its spiritual nature and to believe in the world of the spirit as the source of the physical world. Now, this as opposed to many of those in the scientific world who admit 
only the reality of the material world that we experience with our, our senses. So in that way, the Christ crucified drama has served a very positive function. It's, con it's kept us connected to the spiritual, right? But it's also imposed limits, and I'll discuss those in a bit. It's also imposed limits. It's time now that we progress beyond those limits. To do so, we need to discard it and reach for something in its place that can guide us as we move along in our development as spirits. Now let's look at the question, what happened in physical reality? What happened to Jesus Christ in the physical world? Well, according to Seth, the Christ entity knew his message to the world was not the reward-punishment model that had prevailed up to that time. He knew he had incarnated uh, that time that he did 2,000 years ago. He'd incarnated to take all of Earth's inhabitants past the old notion of the Hebrew God, the powerful male father figure. Now, the Hebrew God had protected the Jews from their enemies, rewarded those who worshipped and obeyed him, and would welcome them in an eternal heaven after physical life. But he would punish those who fell short. And for those who really felt, uh, fell short, he would employ fire and brimstone and eter eternal damnation in hell. Right? Now, <clears throat> that's the Hebrew God, and Christ knew he had to take people beyond it. So, he, on the other hand, came to make people aware they should not adore him, Jesus Christ. They should not adore him, but instead, they could be like him. And that, in spiritual form, they could do what he did. Now, this was not the first time he'd taken on physical form. His consciousness gestalt, <laughs> gestalt right? or as I've said in the past, his degree of complexity as a spirit, right? His, his degree of complexity as a spirit was far more complex and advanced than the average human. He had incarnated many times as various, various uh, physical focus personalities. He did that to teach the inhabitants of the times about the true nature of the greater underlying reality and the true nature of themselves as spirits. So you might consider him a kind of a, a guide, one of a number assigned to keep the inhabitants of Earth on track toward continued progress. A guide, yes, but very likely he was one of the most prominent and powerful guides that has looked after us. <clears throat> but in each case where he incarnated, he had to speak to the people of the time period in terms they could understand. So at the time, uh, the Jews, at that time, they could understand and relate to the, quote, son of God. Whereas, you know, they wouldn't have a clue if he told them he was a spirit who slipped in and out of earth reality to make the inhabitants of, of the time aware of the true nature of themselves and the true nature of the world that they perceive with their five senses. So what happened, really? Well, Seth explained uh, this in the book Seth Speaks, which, uh, of course, was channeled by Jane Roberts. Now, at the time of Christ, Seth explained, there was a lot of prophecy about a Redeemer who was to be crucified. A number of personalities alive at that time believed that they were the Messiah who would be crucified. 
Some of them could even perform what we would today call miracles. Now, Christ, on the other hand, had a message quite different from the one where God the Father has to send a son down to die a painful death, all in order to please the Father in the grotesque manner of crucifixion, thereby making amends for all of our sins. And that was part of the old Hebrew God story. Christ's message, in contrast, was to plant the seeds so that humans could gradually come to realize that they were already eternal spirits. They were already eternal spirits who had temporarily taken on the human physical form that we know. Now, this would eventually lead to the realization that they could co-create the reality they perceive. In doing so and seeing the results, they would learn how to improve and control their ability to create before going on to bigger and better things in various other realms of the spirit. So what did Jesus Christ do, knowing that many people of the day felt the crucifixion was necessary to fulfill the Jewish prophecy? Well, according to Seth, the man carrying the cross was only too eager to do so. He believed he was the Christ who would fulfill the prophecies. During the time he was carrying the cross, he was in a drugged state, apparently drugged by his own hand. Now, faced with this reality in the physical world, the real Christ and his disciples agreed upon a kind of a, a conspiracy. Um, and so Mary came to the crucifixion because she felt sorry for the man who believed he was her son. Now, Peter, as part of the conspiracy, he denied the Lord three times because he knew this was not Christ. The phrase, why hast thou forsaken me, came from the drugged man who believed that he was Jesus Christ. Interestingly, the much maligned Judas, he intentionally pointed out uh, this this man who was, was holding, carrying the cross. Judas intentionally pointed him out because he did not want the real Christ to be captured. So he turned over to the authorities, the drugged man who thought he was the savior in order to save the life of the real Christ. So Judas was not a traitor as is commonly believed. Now Christ knew that all of this would occur and that the deluded man could not be dissuaded. Now at the Last Supper, Christ wanted to show the disciples that spirit is within all matter, and that his own spirit was independent of his body, and therefore he should not be identified with his physical body. He knew, of course, that the dead body of the deluded man was not his own body. Now, the disciples, they didn't understand. Uh, <clears throat> so Christ, who had huge psychic powers, he started to appear often to them in out-of-body states and even psychically created the wounds on his body in order that the disciples would believe it was truly him. Right? He even ate to prove he was still alive, but the disciples misunderstood that as well. They thought it meant the spirit form could eat food. They wanted to believe he had been crucified and arisen. Well, given this situation, Christ knew his alive physical body simply didn't fit the narrative that uh, the Jews and the disciples at that time could understand. 
So he simply willed himself out of it. And that's essentially the, what happened physically, according to the entity Seth. But you need to think about it and decide for yourself. Try to think back to when you were a little child and you first learned the story of uh, Jesus Christ and the crucifixion. Did it make sense to you? It really never did to me. I used to wonder why God never spoke to people directly anymore, as he did when he spoke from a cloud, uh, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then he went quiet for over 2,000 years, I, I thought to myself, and we really could have used the guidance given World War II and all its misery, which had just ended when I was a small child. Couldn't God have planned things a little bit better, I wondered, so a son wouldn't have to endure such terrible suffering? And what did I do? This thing called original sin that was so terrible that Christ had to suffer for it. At age five or six or whatever, I hadn't really done a lot of bad things. If Christ had suffered and died for my sins, it seemed way out of proportion to my offenses. As I got a little older, I wondered why God got so upset if some ignorant people worshipped statues a long time ago. He was all-powerful, right? Why would he get enraged? He certainly didn't feel threatened by statues, did he? And it wasn't just anger, he was really mad, threatening eternal damnation and pain. That was a scary God. Of course, I didn't know that he was the old Hebrew version of God and that many other civilizations had entirely different versions that they believed in. There was also the question, why did God even need a son? Couldn't he have done the job himself? Why would any loving parent have a son knowing he would have to endure a painful crucifixion? And did God have a physical body like ours? If so, how many sons did he have? And by how many women? I remember when I asked the question as a a freshman in my Catholic high school why Mary had to be a virgin. I was told by a red-faced priest that the question was slightly ridiculous and, and almost blasphemous. Well, look, we've all moved on. 2,000 years later, with input from a lot of respectable respectable people (laughs) who died, and they came back to tell us how things really are beyond our human time-space illusion, we know better. Their input is supported by respected out-of-body travelers like Bob Monroe. Bob was the guy that coined the HTSI term. And also uh, supported by Edgar Cayce, by many quantum physicists, and several people who've had near-death experiences. I've covered all, a lot of that more than once in, in previous episodes. So, uh, yeah, the evidence up to the year 2000 was summarized in my first book on the subject, uh, You're Bigger Than All Your Deaths. Deaths. You're Bigger Than All Your Deaths. There's been considerable, considerable edit evidence produced in the, in the 23 years since. So we now know there are likely many inhabited planets, albeit not necessarily by beings with animal forms like ours. It's not likely, if you think about it, that God's one son had to die many times for all of them, or that God the Father had to have many sons to take care of all of them. In fact, many of us now think we know that God is not physical at all. 
or even male, and that the physical world that we experience is only an illusion that we all agree on, uh, that we agree on to perceive it with our physical senses when we enter the physical body. And that too I've discussed a number of times. So why would God need a physical son at all then? It stands to reason that he, and I really shouldn't be using the term he because God is above sex, right? So why would God even need a physical son? And as I said, it doesn't make sense. Seth defined God for us in simple terms as the simultaneous infinite explosion of all that is. Or as I've said in the past, just simply all that is. I remember it was a, a Jesuit who was seated next to me on a plane a long time, many years ago, when I was relating Edgar Casey's explanation of how souls were originally attracted to the earth experience. And it was this Jesuit uh, that listened politely to me, and then he, he articulated the notion. He said, look, he says, from my perspective, nothing can exist outside of God. So he was, in a way, saying much the same thing that Seth said. All right, well, that concludes today's discussion, and in the next session, I will talk about how it's really important that we understand that there were the two realities. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.